You're listening to Blaze Soccer Talk, the official podcast of the Kamloops Youth Soccer Association. Hi, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We are here. It is episode number two. The second inaugural? The second inaugural. <laughs> exactly. No, it's not the second inaugural. It is the second episode, though, and uh, I'm uh, joined. Oh, wait. <laughs> What's it called? It's called Blaze Soccer Talk. The official podcast of the Kamloops Youth Soccer Association. Notice how I said soccer? Sounded like an American, didn't I? Soccer. Shot score. Back in the net. All right. Um, I'm joined in studio. Kieran McMahon, technical director of the club. How are you? Good. And and, and special guest tonight, Tony Cazetto. How are you, Tony? I'm doing well, thank you. And uh, I will say, Tony's the president of the club. The big kahuna, the man at the top, right here in his own boardroom. <laughs> well, I, it's the club's boardroom, yeah. and that's where we're hanging out. Um, a few things to talk about, lots to talk about. Uh, the, the, the club, I mean, episode two, uh, there's got to be some things to chat about. Definitely going to get deep into the amount of time Tony's been around the club, because uh, he's been here, I want to say, was it is it 10 years, I'm going to guess, and... How old is the jacket you're wearing right now? Yeah, we, hey, that one's actually one of my newest ones. It's, it's still it's three still, years old. Oh, three years. There you go. Kieran, Kieran was telling me about that. Uh, he says, yeah. The Wendy's you, jacket? You, yeah. You, you can tell by how old the jackets are that Tony oh, yeah. has. So yeah. Tony's been, been, been with the club quite some time. So we'll, uh, we'll delve into some of his uh, likes, dislikes, where he's been, what he's done, how he got himself to be El Presidente of the club. Um, and he'll jump in with all the other things that we have to do uh, as well and talk about. Let's, uh, I know it's, it's uh, we were just discussing it before we actually hit play. We will talk a little bit about the uh, things that are going on in the club from our Mr. Technical Director guy. <laughs> My English tonight is poo. It's poo. I'm telling you, it's because we just came off the field. Normally it's like a Friday afternoon. We're kind of cash. No, normally go. the first yeah, time. The, the first episode. Yeah, exactly. For me, uh, whatever. I've done it a little bit. So what are your thoughts? What's been going on this week or the past two weeks uh, in the wonderful world of um, Kamloops Youth Soccer? Kamloops Youth Soccer. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's uh, what are we, three weeks in now? I think this is our third, third fourth week into the season. So uh, a lot of our teams are getting their routines down. And um, we had our Mike Bartram event last weekend uh, for our U12 and older teams um, to get uh, some some tournament play in there. Uh-huh. Uh and uh, our U8 to U11 teams, they're on their fourth week now. Uh, wow. So we had Mike Bartram, and then they've had a few weeks now of regular league play. Uh, so they're starting to feel normal again uh, with respect to the season. And uh, our initiation program is is three weeks in. And uh, those parents and, and those players and our coaches there are getting their routines down that. So um, it's always funny when you think this time of year, things are just starting to uh, become normal. Routines are moving forward. And we're almost halfway through. I know. It's, it's pretty quick the way things have been moving along. And I, I'm, I'm so... What's the, what's the, I, I just can't believe because of that transition and going from COVID uh, as much as it's been. I mean, I'm, I'm coming from Alberta just recently, and it was bad there, obviously, with two years of not really doing much within the sport. Uh, same thing here, but how everyone is so excited to be back. But like you say, we're now getting into routine. It's, it's becoming the normal again or the norm again for the sport. 
and and you got to like that. Thoughts on the on the whole getting back at it? Are you coaching as well right now? I am, yes. And U seventeen uh, boys team. You seventeen boys, and are they feeling normal? What, what was your when they first got back into it? What were you you thinking, or what were they thinking from your perspective? Actually, they were really you know over the starting from the winter uh, sessions in the in the dome. Uh, they were really excited, and uh, I think though their their minds and bodies were a little bit separated. Where uh, <laughs> we've got a yeah, whole whack of injuries right now that we're fighting so i think maybe we went a little gung-ho at the, at the beginning but uh and kids were you know more involved in various different types of activities other than soccer over the covid uh, experience i guess we'll call it but um definitely we have a a, a strong team we're just fighting the injury bug right now Ed. yeah you know what and i think from that whole saying there about injury bugs i've uh I mean, obviously, just coming out of Alberta with a university team and, again, them jumping into things right away. I, I talked to uh, uh, Mark Pennington, the head coach of the university team here, just the other day, and he was he was com- commenting on how many of the players that he had been looking at to come to TRU that are injured now because of just going from maybe those lighter sessions by themselves to all of a sudden it's full contact. It's hardcore football the way it should be. And just like you said, the injury bug is hitting everybody. I think, uh, I don't know if you've noticed it from your 18 teams as well, but, uh, what do you- uh, yeah, yeah. Basically going from zero to hundred, right. And, and exactly. remembering that you could do that, but forgetting that you haven't done it. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the big thing. I guess they're all just trying to think of whether or not they can continue down that pathway. Anyway, I'm sure they'll get the hang of it and injuries will be healed and they'll uh, truly get back into it. Maybe the end of the season and (laughs) we'll have to wait until they're finished through indoor, but... uh, no, that's just have to peak in July. That's all we got to do. Peak in July. That's all you really need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I know we were going to have, again, we're actually recording this podcast in an evening time slot instead of the the afternoon one. So Mark Bell, the the other senior staff coach within the club, was going to join us, but is unable to. He's on on the pitch now. Um, So he's not going to be able to be here. Normally handles the select side of the program and um, I'm not going to throw you under the bus, but uh, you know, you've, you've been around, you've, you're running select teams. You both are. How, how do you think the select portion of, uh, of the club is, has gotten off to a start quality? Yeah. Always quality. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, our, our, uh, the select program has been going uh, full bore now since mid February. Um, so they're even more into that routine. Um and we've been playing games since the beginning of April. So we're kind of week five, week six for league play with them. Uh, so that, that, that's good. We're starting to see injuries and some of those things are coming up now because they've, they've had a bit of that longer drawn out season. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been positive for our team so far, um, getting back into it and getting into the routine and training for something. And that really hasn't happened for, uh, since 2019, yeah. uh, we were, we were in 2020, we were a month or six weeks into training when COVID hit and everything just got shut down right before, right before most of our club was going away to a big tournament down on the coast. Oh. Uh, and that was that weekend. And I think the the, 
it would have been the 15th, 16th of March and everything was shut down on the 13th. Uh, so that was a, that was a big uh, kind of halt on the brakes and um, everything since has just been gradual, gradual, gradual. And even last year, uh, our, our teams had, they managed to get a four week season mm-hmm. once contact play was permitted uh, and team play and, and traveling outside of um your outside of your municipality mm-hmm. uh but even then 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 they got hit they had a week and then they Fire got storm. hit with the with the heat dome and then we got hit with the smoke and oh. uh, out of that four weeks of league play i think we had two weekends that were playable at the beginning and the end um so that was disappointing as well and yeah. then it, it was kind of piecemeal through the fall some players that were still doing select players that were doing academy stuff, getting some games in and things like that here and there. But now to, to get that regularity of training game, training game, training game, and that predictability is, um, and, and those games meaning something and, mm-hmm. and building up to that is, uh, I think you're really noticing it in, in the, um, the, the joy of participation again in, in our players with that. Okay. That's great. I mean, and it's, it's something I wanted to ask, uh, asked you tony because i'm i'm coming as an outsider a little bit obviously i mean originally from the lower mainland ended up moving to edmonton for almost 10 years crazy uh now i'm here how does the travel part of a schedule for the select programs is it is it is it a pain in the butt is it is it good obviously to get the different types of games that you play that's awesome but being, I've never thought about being in an interior sort of area, uh, you know, Okanagan, Thompson, Okanagan area. There's a lot of smaller cities, but they're like two hours away, hour and a half away. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's part and parcel of the whole, um, you know, commitment to uh, this league. I guess now it's called the Toyota. It's a Toyota. It's a Toyota league. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole whack of uh, there's a whole policies and procedures under BC Soccer, which is. <laughs> Made it a bit confusing this year, but yeah, we'll Toyota League. Yeah. Toyota for now, I guess. Uh, no, I know. I changes. Yeah, there's a joke in there. I'm not going to go there, but um, yeah, the travel. So I think I think it helps uh, the bonding part of um, the squads as well, and uh, it's something that you know for parents probably it's not the best, but for the for the kids, I, I think they enjoy you know playing out of town and and you know visiting different cities in the region and uh, it's uh, i think they really enjoy the travel aspect yeah. of it right um yeah with uh, my my team you know we've gone to a few tournaments in the last 3 4 months already so they're you know i think that was maybe too much of a shotgun start perhaps coming off of covid um well, hindsight, hindsight's really 2020 right <laughs> isn't it always though yeah. i mean uh, yeah. it, you, you don't you think yeah yeah we'll get out there we'll get a hit what we'll a couple of tournaments right off the bat mm-hmm. and then boom your next thing you know you're like oh my god these guys aren't as ready as but then as, I, the as boys needed it it gelled them right like it gelled them and got oh, them got them going right some and, of yeah. them are just freak injuries too we have a couple broken toes we have a broken collarbone we have know a couple of hip flexors so wow but. okay yeah i mean and it's like you said some of that would definitely be fluke like i'm thinking collarbone i, I guess how you fall maybe i don't know i've broken my collarbone so i'm like it's a vicious throw-in it's, <laughs> that's I, it came from. I can't imagine that he got hit in the shoulder with a puma and he's on the ground yeah i, I don't know yeah. i don't know that's that's pretty crazy but uh well that's cool i, I mean there's nothing i love traveling with teams traveling with teams is great it is a lot of fun and uh 
I'm I don't I don't know if I'll get an opportunity to do it in the next little while. I'm I'm actually working on the community side of things here at the at the Kamloops. Is that where we are? We're in Kamloops. Kamloops, Kamloops okay. yes. Kaisa, You're in Kamloops, okay. British Columbia. Yes, okay, okay. Great. We're on the west coast of Canada. That's a good thing to yeah. know. It's a good thing to know. You know, I'm coming off an illness and my brain's not quite functioning. I bet uh, yeah. Um it's it's definitely something I I miss. I was um I can't even think of the last time I actually traveled with the team. Oh, uh, no, I can't remember. It was the university team I was working with in Alberta. Ended up going to national championships and traveling there. So that was a lot of fun. But I haven't had a chance to do it uh, here yet, which would be interesting. Possibility with one of the groups that I'm working with on the community side, an under-16 to 18 team heading off to Shushwap. Salmon Arm, yeah. Salmon Arm to play some teams there. So that'll be fun. I, I, I think that would be... Uh, a lot of fun to be part of. I don't know if I'll actually get to go with the team, but, you know, fingers crossed that something like that happens. Put your foot down, Darren. Just, I'm, gonna, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> just tell Missy how it's done. I just, uh, <laughs> that's it. I, the executive director um, is pulling the plug. Would rather not see me go on this trip. No, I, I'm not throwing her under the bus. There's things that have to be done here. Um, so, and we need people to do them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Someone does. Um, big things coming up that we'll talk about. Uh, we'll just we're, we're going to delve a little bit into the training scenarios of of youth players and uh, you know how 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 training how these gentlemen think about training and starting them really young. The types of training they should be involved with, not involved with. When's too young to start? When's not young enough? I have no idea what I'm saying at the moment. I could drop the F-bomb, but I won't. The F-bomb for me is fantastic. Okay. Oh. Um, we're going to take a quick break anyway. Uh, this will end our first segment. So, yeah, we'll be back in a minute, okay? You're listening to Blaze Soccer Talk, the official podcast of the Kamloops Youth Soccer Association. Kamloops Youth Soccer would like to thank its sponsors, Forward Law, Chop Leaf, and Pizza Now. And we're back. You're listening to Blaze Soccer Talk, the official podcast of the Kamloops Youth Soccer Association. Yes, thank you. Uh, in studio, we have Kieran McMahon. We have Tony Cazetta, the president du jour, and uh, myself. Du jour. DW, well, president of the day. Just he's, for he's the just, day. Just for the day. <laughs> and we'll talk to him in the next segment, okay? Fair enough. Um, so this segment, we wanted to talk a little bit about training, um, training youth in particular, and sort of where to start. So for those that are listening in that may not have children in a youth soccer program, uh, you're just trying to get the idea of it, we'll, we'll throw it to these two gentlemen who've been around the youth game for quite some time and, uh, and just get their thoughts on, you know, how to get started. Um, and and I'll, I'll, I'll start with Kieran, simply because I am now working in a program which I think is brilliant called the Initiation Program. Uh, which the club has, which is like three, four, and five-year-olds? Uh, yeah, three, four, five, six, sevens. So preschoolers and Ks and ones, yeah. Which is which is pretty incredible. So let us know what your thoughts are. Like, obviously, you've come up with the idea for this program. Um, so how did it come about? <laughs> In a dream. <laughs> In fact, oh no, not that one. Ah, I've got a dream sequence music I've just played. <laughs> These guys don't have headphones on. They, yeah. would, they wouldn't know, but of course I gave them a buzzer right off the back. But anyway. There you um, go. 
So what was the what was the thought process behind it? Obviously, looking to get younger players involved. Yeah, well, uh, I, I've been running uh, these type of staffed programs with the youngest age groups for over a decade now, um, and, and you, you really there's a bit of a twofold aspect to it. Uh, one, you want to you want to create as consistent a start to soccer as you can for for, for young players um, and, and and teaching some skills, some games, bringing a little bit of soccer knowledge in um, uh, rather than relying on or pushing parents to volunteer. Uh, and the, se- the second aspect of the initiation program is it is a staff run program. We, we train our coaches to, to lead that. Uh, and we do involve some parent volunteers uh, at the three, four, five at the preschool age groups. Uh, the parents are involved with their child. It's one with one, which falls back to Tony waiters back in the day and, yeah. and, and, and running that type of program. And um, at six, seven, we have parent facilitators who volunteer their time to work with groups uh, and so it helps ease uh, the parent volunteer into managing players and working with a team. And, and so by the time the, the players get to U8 and the parents get to U8, they've been exposed to a um, consistent staff structured program for four or five years. So it makes their transition into taking the lead with a team uh, a little bit easier as well. Yeah, that's great. And your thoughts on the on the program like this too? I don't know if you guys were running something like that prior to... Uh, Kieran coming in or um, just the types of programming that that are offered for that younger age group. I think it's just, I mean, it's more about physical literacy than anything else I would, I would think, but it's also introducing them to soccer. Yeah, I think, no, Kieran's bang on. I think it's, it's twofold with just as important for the parent volunteer group than, than it is for the, the kids, obviously for the kids, it's primarily, you know, exposing to something fun making it as enjoyable as possible. But uh, for the parents, it's you're not dropping parents into the fire, you know, and pleading for them to volunteer. They yeah. they gain, a, you know, they build their toolbox to um, help kind of take off after this program has, you know, they've had experience in the program. And um, I think it's fantastic. And, yeah, this... Prior to Karen, no, this really didn't happen. So yeah, five, five aside at U five. Well, I mean, that's, but that's, that's what we played. That's yeah. what a lot of yeah. clubs were like, though. Yeah. I mean, it, back in the day, and and I know even coming out of Alberta, it's only been the past year and a half or so where they had a similar program. They called it the Rise and Shine program at the, the last club I was just at. An interesting program to come in for for them. It was two year old to four year olds. Again, uh, done with a parent's there and it was more an introduction to a having fun with a ball and uh and doing a bit of a physical literacy to um just to to get kids moving and get parents engaged and uh and thinking about being volunteers as they as they move along so it's it's much like you guys have just said it's a very twofold thing but i love the idea of the three four fives and the way that works and uh, bringing them in. Fantastic program, initiation program. Love it. And I can say by, uh, by being in it now and being immersed a little bit in the last three weeks, um, the numbers are definitely there. Like there's kids coming out of the woodwork to be there. It's, a, it's so much fun to see that many people on a pitch all enjoying the game that we love and, you know, uh, earn a living uh, working with it. It's great. Yeah. So uh, nice to see. Um so again, we'll, we'll switch on now to thoughts of training youth. And um, 
So and not where to start so much because we've just talked about a program where they can get initialized into soccer. Um, when do you think it's time for players to start thinking or how do parents recognize when their child should go to that next level, whether they should continue down a grassroots community pathway or make that switch to a more select type um development development exactly so it's it's more it's it's more something that i guess it's more driven by the 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 player themselves but how can a parent recognize my child probably needs a little bit more because they're showing a more of an aptitude for the sport thoughts what's the actual question darren (laughs) (laughs) what should parents look for to help push their kids in the right direction um do you want to kick off here, Tony? Being a parent? <laughs> Who's gone through this with uh, with two kids? I think um, most parents, regardless of their soccer knowledge or not, I think can recognize, you know, just by witnessing what's going on on the field um, and the advantages and the successes their child has on the field. I think at times there can be kind of a, a clear difference of, of, uh, ability coordination but in saying that you know development happens you know at various stages various ages along the way so I've had kids that I've coached or had on teams and even at the community grassroots level that you thought oh this kid will never you know go on to a higher level but you know they go through changes physically mentally and uh uh, even at the higher age groups that, you know, there are a couple kids in my squad that I'd never think, you know, until we started, started seeing signs of, of changes in confidence, which is a, a really big um, attribute to develop. And you gain confidence through positive reinforcement and successes on the field and um, different relationships they develop on the field. And, um, you know, um, that could happen as late as U16, U17. But uh, I think as a parent, initially, uh, you want to give that child and, you know, along with the recognition of the coach, you know, uh, hopefully you hear some feedback from their coach and which helps, you know, lead these kids into a direction if you know if they so choose to do so Mm -hmm. some kids are there strictly for the social aspect and the fun part of it and have no desire to um for that competitive kind of higher level Mm -hmm. yeah i i I totally agree with that and you're i'm hoping that parents can recognize if they're child athlete wants to move on wants to get that extra bit of training because that's more of what it boils down to than anything else is getting the extra work um, that it's going to take to improve so you can move on to said next level or a select sort of um, division. And um, it's, I don't know, it's a tough thing for a parent, I think, sometimes. You get quizzed about it as coaches. We've been quizzed about it. I'm sure you've been quizzed about it before. And if it's one thing I can say to parents that might be listening is ask questions. No question is a bad question. Nothing's 
wrong with asking. It's your child. So if you're looking to have your child, you know, develop and, and get to the next stage of whatever that stage may be within their game, you have to ask the questions of the coaches and, and, and the club heads, you know. So I, I think because there's always going to be from, you know, my perspective, from Kieran's perspective, from the president's perspective, there's going to be um, some sort of development program ideals that we have within the structure of the club and how we want the club to run. So always feel free to ask those questions. I, I mean, I'm trying to remember, uh, I don't know if it was a video. It was, it was part of a coaching course that we were taking where the biggest thing was uh, it's ask that technical director the question, you know, what, what's my child going to get out of this club? When you join a club, try and ask the questions that you can actually get an answer to, you know, and, and put you in a, a better frame of mind as to being, oh, okay, yeah, these guys know what they're talking about. This is a great direction for my child to go. I think it's also important, and I'm sure, and I know Karen's encountered coaches in the community side of things and uh, as well, where <laughs> unfortunately that coach wants to, you know, retain all their best players all the time, and, and sometimes they don't, you know, have the wherewithal to, to push these kids onto, you know, something that would challenge them more. So um, there's that aspect of it as well. Right? For sure. And that all, that happens all over the country. I mean, sure. there's, you're, you're going to, they like their team the way it is and they've coached them uh, forever sort of thing. But it's, uh, it's funny because I, I think if the kids are given the, the guide, not even the guidelines, if they're given that thought that you can go ask, you can go find out if there's something beyond something a little further that you can attain or try to attain and go ask about it. I, I think for, for, uh, for, for parents as well, something to consider is that your child does not need to be the best player on a team in order to uh, don't discount them because they're not running circles around everybody. It's not um, that, that choosing to take that next step, it's not the best players on teams. It's the ones who want to be better and the ones who are willing to dedicate the time and effort to do that. We have superstars that step up to select, but they don't have the right mentality and the right attitude, and they just mess about most of the time, mm -hmm. and they actually detract from everybody else who wants to work and focus and and, and develop. So it... it, it it's it's more of a work ethic. It's more of a drive and a desire than an ability necessarily. Uh, we will take players with the right attitude over ability. Uh, Mark, Mark, uh, Mark, our, one of our senior staff coaches who work with the select, he, he talks about the triple A player. Um, do you have the right uh, attitude, attendance, and ability? Uh, and, and really, just because you're good and you come up to select, but you're focused on other things, you're not a select player. Right, we'll, we'll we'll bring you on a reserve program so you can stay connected. And when the commitment to soccer becomes the right thing for you, you haven't been too far detached from that environment. That's Same thing with players who are fully committed but don't have the ability. Um, a reserve environment is perfect because you get access to that higher quality environment um, and higher quality, not necessarily in terms of coaching, but in terms of the player pool that you're training with, the average just tends to be higher. Yeah. Uh, and so come in there, still stay connected with your community programs. So you're getting lots of game time and the freedom to play and all those kind of things. 
and coming in to our select program as a reserve player. So that ability can increase because um, uh, they might have the right attitude and the right attendance, but the ability is off or they've got the right ability um, and the right attitude, but the attendance is off. And, and so you, you can look at, look at a player in terms of those aspects, mm-hmm. um, but they do not have to be the top player on a team in order to, to be welcomed into that environment. Um, if they really want it, they, they, we, we try to provide that kind of ladder approach for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, 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 I mean, Tony's got the 17s. He's been with them uh, with our O5s there for at least since they were U5. So that's 12 years, right? Uh, and, and seeing that player pool and where they were five years ago to where they are now it's very different and soccer is a late development sport yeah. uh players players aren't making that top level until they're hitting puberty until i mean in the technical in the technical world if lionel messi was born in north america nobody would know who he is because we don't we tend to look at athletic ability at 9, 10, 11 years old over technical ability and decision-making. And there's a balance between that, but um, but it's not about being the, the, the fittest, the strongest, the fastest, um, which is what good looks like when, when the players are 8 or 9 years old. Um, but it is, do you want it? Are you willing to work for it? Are you, do you prefer a higher commitment environment? Um, and and we, want, we want to encourage that. So that, that's something for, for parents to look at as well. It, do, it doesn't have to, don't compare your child to everybody else on your team. If your child wants to move beyond that, then we have an environment or we want to provide an environment for that. See, and I think that's the bigger thing to look at. I don't know, were you about to jump in? I feel bad if I, you were. I, well, I was going to say Go that Karen's bang on on that. Just from my personal experiences with my own kids and Karen remembers back, you know, he's, I guess he's been here around eight years, nine years, eight years. Uh, both my kids, very different. I had a little twig of a my older son, who's now 22. He was like the smallest uh, player on the team. And um, my younger son, who was probably the, the chunkiest, uh, uh, not an athlete, kind of, but, you know, they were both skilled. But coming from that type of environment where if you would look at him as purely as an athlete, at that age, they were far from it, yeah. right? But now they they both became, you know, really high level soccer players. So, Kieran's absolutely right. It's not all about the you know the kid at nine years old who can dazzle their way through and you know juggle the ball for three hundred times and all that kind <coughs> of stuff. And that that lends yeah. itself to the thing. And then then what's the age? What's the age that you want to start directing kids to? the next platform if for lack of a better term to to get them moving on if they have that desire do you start pushing them at the younger age groups or do you give them that time to develop develop the social skills of just being around the game and around uh, like-minded players and then try to get them going at what u12 u13 yeah, I, I mean, with with, uh, with our programming here, uh, our academy, so the extra training, uh, begins at U8. And uh, we have players who play in our community program and they want something extra. Communities, one practice, one game. Um, teams are localized in, in your neighborhood as best as we can. And some players want something a little bit more. Uh, and so we provide that through an academy, which is just an extra day training and maybe a couple of pull-out events uh, once mm-hmm. in a while. Um, younger players are, are 
our U5s that some parents go, well, they've done this a little bit before. What can we do? We bump them into our U6-7 program mm -hmm. because it's a little bit further ahead of them. They're, they're challenged in terms of ability-wise, but there's no more commitment needed. Uh, our U7s who've maybe gone through the, through the system for the last few years and they're fairly familiar with it and they want that extra challenge, possibly we put them on a U8 team. Um, but we don't bring them out and do three additional days a week with, uh, with with players and things like that. So it, it's, a, it's a bit of a lighter approach. We, I, some, some parents do ask, well, why don't you just take the best kids and just put them um, with a paid coach, training three days a week, starting at nine years old. So do the kids want that, right? Uh, well, they love soccer. They want it all the time. Well, yeah, they like chocolate cake too, but you don't give it to them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What do you mean? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's for, for at the younger ages, it really is, They'll conceptualize wanting something more, but when they're actually pushed on it and they have to sacrifice other things in their lives, it can be it can be a bit of a challenge in terms of that commitment to to development, and, and so it's a bit of a dance and, and a bit of a balancing act with uh, with some of that. And, and we've taken our foot off the pedal a lot with what we've done with our, our younger age groups uh, and even our select program. We, we, we did push a 10 month a year uh, type thing. I mean, down on the coast, it's, it's 11 months a year and yeah, it's, it's 11 months a year. Yeah. You yeah. got two weeks off in the summer and two weeks off at Christmas and that's it. And um, having moved to Kamloops and recognizing um, really shifting to, to um, it, it was carried away in bigger, um, in bigger centers uh, it really got carried away. And, and we've had a lot, we've taken our foot off the gas in terms of select is five months out of the year. Uh, and even then preseason training in February and March, we recognize there's conflicts. It's one day a week, yeah. uh, two days a week. If we can get outside on the turf, if the weather's good enough, uh, but our attendance is maybe 60% wow. um, uh, there. And, and for the primary season, April, May, June, that's really when we're looking at, 100% commitment. And even then, Tony's managing injuries. I've got the 18 girls, so they're doing high school soccer too. We're giving them Thursday off, so they got some chance to rest and recover. Um, and it was down on the coast. It's like, no, give everything else up and be here. Uh, and, and so it, there, there's... It's different for everybody, um, and we have programming that goes on year-round, and players can yeah. come in, and they can step out, and uh, if they're a select player, but they're doing other stuff in the fall, and they can't make our thing, that's okay, yeah. right? And, and uh, we, we work with them on that, and um, they're not missing out. They just might have to catch up a little bit uh, if, if, if that's there. But it, again, that depends on the individual. Um, if, if they're an individual that needs to be touching a ball very, very frequently in order to keep up, then they can figure maybe some things out on their own to, to, to do some additional work. Uh, or they have to work twice as hard when they come back into the, to the player pool in February. And that if, if they're the type of athlete that can pick things up pretty quick, if they've been away from it for a while, yeah. then they don't need to do too much when they come back in. Um, but, uh, but they need to miss it. They need to miss the game in order to love it more. Uh, and, and so there's never one size fits all or forcing square pegs into round holes, which is, which is what a lot of programs do. They go, this, this is what you have to do to get better. No, everybody's different, right? Tony, Tony touched on it. Everybody's development path is different and it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. And, and there's 52,000 different paths that you can take to get to the same point. So um, can we support each individual as best as possible and still maintain the integrity of a team and a program? Uh, and, and, and so, yeah, it, goes back to parents parents don't they come with preconceived notions of what it is no ask ask questions yeah. we want to support everybody as best as we can
That's awesome, and that, but it's it's you're absolutely right. Parents need to start asking questions more. I think uh, it, it depends on the region, depends on the area. Some some have tuned in a little bit more, and some just yeah, I just won't want to be involved. My kid wants to run; they'll go out and run. You know, I'll drop them off and go to Costco because that happens an awful lot, and yeah. unfortunately. Hey, listen, we're going to take one more break. Uh, unless you had something else you wanted to add there, throw it in the mix. Anything? Anything? I think uh, just to add one thing, I think sure. the shorter season also pushes the the coaches to come up with more quality training sessions as well. Um, you know, I hear what teams, and I know I've uh, players down the coast and um, who've come, become a little bit more complacent as, as well as their coaches, and it's just like, Becomes a routine and doesn't become as exciting and doesn't push the athlete, you know, in many ways. Agreed. Um, so I, I think that helps uh, both the coach and the player as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, and on that uh, final note, there we're going to take another break here. You're listening to Blaze Soccer Talk, the official podcast of the Kamloops Youth Soccer Association. We'll be right back. KYSA would like to thank its sponsors, Forward Law. Chopped Leaf and Pizza Now. And we're back. Yes, final segment of the show. Play Soccer Talk. Kamloops Youth Soccer Association's official podcast. Uh, day two. Oh, show two. It's day, I don't know what day it is. It's an evening thing. It's throwing me off big time. May 11th. Oh, you know what? There was something I was going to mention in the last segment. Um... You know what? Dates don't matter because we no. record it and stuff. But you can throw that out there if you like. Makes me giggle. Um, is is seeing the? I, I was watching. I drove past the soccer game to come here. <laughs> Funny that uh, at one of the high schools, and I'm thinking, is this high school soccer being played in the evening, or or do they play in the afternoons? When do, when do Four could, o'clock starts usually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense to me. So it was probably just a could have been a women's game. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. It could have been a women's game, but there were like some pretty young players there, and I was thinking, there's no way this is school soccer being played late at night. It's no wonder I don't have a lot of players on certain evenings coming to my sessions because they all say they had games that day. So uh, they look I'm, younger in Kamloops, Darren. <laughs> they must. They must. Uh, well, I don't it's know the where sun. else from. It's the warmer climate. Yeah, it is. Vitamin it is the D. lack of uh, <laughs> lack of something else. I don't know. Uh, the guest today, again, is Tony Cazetta, the president of the club. You became the president. Like, How long have you been with the club, first and foremost? I think around 10 years or so. Wow. 11 years, maybe. Well, with the club as a board member. With the club. 10 years yeah. you've been a board yeah, member? Yeah, with the club, I think 2004-ish. Wow. How many is that? 18? Well, when Pasco was U5? Yeah. Yeah, so he's 22 now, so 17 years. Yeah, 17. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, obviously, you've seen growth and change and all different fun things go on throughout the years, I would imagine. How things changed for you as a board member? Like, wh- when did you start as a board member? Was it just, again, the, the, the quiz of somebody else on the board going, you know, you should be on the board there, Tony? No, I, I think I really legitimately wanted to kind of make a difference uh, in the club in terms of how it was run, <laughs> uh, the communication aspect between uh, parents and and the club itself. I think it was lacking earlier. In the- I mean, most there's a lot of clubs that have gone through that transition. Sure. And it's just, yeah. 
as the game grows and as technology gets better and better, that so does every other aspect of what goes on in football has got, you know, has changed, including youth clubs. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, you're very spot on with that. Have you have seen, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of types of changes that could have gone on that would have been interesting to be part of or to, to help grow. What was your best, um, not best, what was the, the most dramatic change for you within your time on the board that has sort of happened for you? On a personal level? or Just, yeah, clubs? personal level. And then, and then on the club level. I think uh, in terms of uh, the board structure itself, I think it's um, become much more transparent in terms of how the club is uh, being run. I think um, we have more of an inclusive environment. Uh, we have more of a balance of uh, males and females on the board and um, a more professional uh, approach, even though we're a nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. it's uh, the standard of and the commitment uh, and the objective of 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 the board and the club going forward. I think has Im- improved immensely. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and every club needs to see that. I, I mean, you've been around enough clubs yourself to to have the thoughts of what's going on. <laughs> uh, Kieran's yawning at me like I'm boring the hell out of him. So what's the story? Go ahead. <laughs> Tell me, Yanni. Uh, what's the question? <laughs> Again, do I need to throw out questions? It's thoughts I'm after. Any thought. Uh, I know you, so do well, you I, I, th- I think I, Tony's probably seen quite a significant change. Um, uh, Graham Cope was the president when I was, when I was hired, and, and he mentioned having to trim the board down from 15 12 15 12 15 people down to the seven that it is today and that that's yeah and i mean that that's a holdover from um from boards that are operational and not policy Mm -hmm. and so they're they're you you get a a few of those very well-meaning very keen individuals who want to volunteer their time and they start doing everything for the club and then they burn out Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh it's it's I mean, since since I've been here, the, the club's gone through uh, just just within the office that the change of from one technical person, which was the technical director, to now three technical people, uh, and from uh, one, two, three, four, from four administrative, uh, purely administrative staff, down to two. Um, so it, it's uh, and some of that's been helpful because we've changed our processes and things like that. I mean, KYSA was doing paper registrations back in 2011. Wow, uh, and it was 2012 was the first online registration. So when you think about just registration now and all that data entry and everything oh, like that, when that's it was just crazy hand, handwritten stuff. So, and that's just in the last decade. Yeah. So the the um, those changes have been have have been instrumental. And and, and Tony seeing from with his eldest son at U5 and what the club was like then to now uh, his eldest son is in, he's, he's one of our staff coaches. He's one of our select coaches. He's, he's going to, he's, he's completed a C license and all those kind of things and seeing that kind of pathway for them and, and the opportunities for them that have, that have been, been created as well. And um, it, it just, and, and even soccer and Kamloops itself now 
Kamloops Youth Soccer Association was the only soccer provider uh, eight years ago, and now there's there's two other providers for uh, academy and league programming uh, at at the youth level, and, and so that changes the dynamic a lot as, as well, and and the functions of of the board have to grow and evolve with that. Um, you know, can we be can we be leaner and, and, and more flexible and, and can we do more with less uh, in, in terms of registrations and, 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 and such compared to eight years ago when we were a behemoth and we were the only game in town and, and we could afford to be um, dragging our feet and not doing too much because there's no other choice. Yeah. Uh, and, and so Tony's, Tony's witnessed that. He's, and going back to 2004, I think that was only a few years after all four clubs in, in Kamloops amalgamated yeah. into Kamloops Youth Soccer Association. So that's even a different picture. And, and, and Tony's still got connections to that. I was going to say, what would that have been like, having that split four ways, and then all of a sudden, A, having to, to, to bring a membership of sorts together to be a one-board sort of idea. How did that come about? How was that? A little messy, to be honest. I, I think uh, you know regions and within our municipality. You know, it it took a few years for that transition to smooth over, but it has made you know a tremendous difference in in terms of the availability of of kids to feel that club atmosphere and uh, you know everything that comes with it. Having different areas of our city made it. Uh, I don't know, kind of watered down situation. A lot of headbutting and and that kind of th- kind of thing. I think it's it's brought the not only soccer but the community together. Yeah, you know. Um, but just thinking of that as well, when it's that separated, um, was there much movement with players within clubs, or there were stricter boundaries at that point in time, or did did kids just bounce around and want to play for different clubs? No, there was more a, a personal, like, uh, you know, we need uh, to keep this team the way it is. Okay. With these, you know, with these kids, you know, uh, there were some teams where they, you know, you wanted to get the all-star player from of course. the other side of the tracks, right? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Literally <laughs> the other side of the tracks. Literally yeah. the other side of the tracks, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That's, uh, that's. I mean, we could you could just speak for... No, you could speak for hours on on just the differences that go on from going from a a four group system to a one group system. It's it's amazing. I'm glad you guys did it, a, eh? uh, and it's obviously made a difference for uh, the players within Kamloops. I, I'm guessing, yeah, and, the, and the community at large. Again, you know, it's, yeah. uh, we have concerns and and. Um, as a whole, in terms of a, uh, an objective for soccer in Kamloops, we have other, you know, a couple more providers now that Kieran uh, mentioned. Um, but again, that kind of thing, as Kieran said, it, it makes people, you know, less complacent and makes them uh, work harder to... Um, makes them more responsible for what they do as well. For sure. Which, which is a huge difference. Um, any thoughts on the future of the club and the, the direction it's going? You happy with that as a president? Are you happy that, uh, you know, are you happy and you know it? Uh, clap your hands. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it, obviously, uh, you know, with the, the, pow- the powers that be and the people that are involved mm-hmm. now. And, the, and I mean, this, this is a great club. I mean, I've been here, what, three weeks now. 
and uh, I, I, the yeah. people that are involved with it, the the board members that I've had an opportunity to work with so far, um, the players, the volunteers. It, it's it's a great great community. It's it you've got that. So, but what do you think the future holds for the club? I think we're heading in absolutely the right direction. With we have you know professionals on board like yourself and Kieran and uh, and Mark Bell and um, we have you know the the people with. Uh, the knowledge and the skill set and um, the pride uh, of uh, soon you'll be a Kamloopsian officially there. Uh, Kamloopsian. <laughs> I like that. It's it's like a Kardashian, but not quite. I thought we were all right. loopers. I thought that loopers. Was, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea on Start what. I'm, I'm still loopy. new here. Only eight years. I, I, I don't know yet. <laughs> um, yeah. Any any thoughts or a legacy you wanted to leave behind by the time you're through? I don't think you, you've got many, many more years to go here, I, I would imagine. So, uh. <laughs> Like I said, I think uh, we're in a, in a good place right now and uh, heading in the right direction. And uh, we have the quality people on board to uh, make this club, uh, you know, even though, again, we're a nonprofit organization. I think we've gained the respect and uh, of other providers and the community at large. And just because the we're a nonprofit doesn't mean um, the quality isn't there in instructing and, and promoting the game to uh, these kids. I think we provide a, a great foundation and the, uh, and the opportunity at a higher level as well as well. Mm -hmm. that's that's awesome i mean and that's all you can ask for from uh from an organization is to try and strive to be the best you can and to uh give the opportunity for your uh, membership to 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 gain a love of the sport and uh and a desire to continue to play the sport (laughs) what's for dinner tonight buddy anything anything it's 8 30 for us here so it's like it's almost dinner time um, almost 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 <laughs> what time is your dinner time well, well usually it's like 5 30 but uh, i was on the pitch so um i'm gonna squeak out some bad uh, asian food that i almost got sick on last night but you know um that's just my own thoughts that's <laughs> gonna go on and you know what i'm gonna leave it's this a in. scary place in there, Darren. with their own thoughts my brain is a scary place uh, but i found a place to live here in kamloops so i'm happy about that i you know if you want to go down and give them a, no, a warm welcome, no, no, a- no, no, we won't go there. As <laughs> When's to, the parade? To, to where it is. <laughs> When's the parade? I don't know. I think he'll have a parade himself on uh, in two weeks from now when I actually take possession. But uh, yeah, that's all we've got for tonight. You okay with that? <laughs> no. Uh, I appreciate the these gentlemen coming in. Uh, Kieran is always a uh, guest host on the show. Um, twice, twice as always yes well twice it'll, it'll be always you're saying that now <laughs> remember this so when we hit 50 and you're going we've done 50 episodes really and uh and you're still that guest host yeah, mark will be in and out as always but you know day two where is he hello um no i'm kidding mark yeah we'll have you on there uh and i want to thank tony for coming out tony gazetto president de jour and not the president de jour what am i trying to say here the year president of the year there you go i want to thank tony gazetto the president of the kamloops youth soccer association for coming out thank you sir i appreciate it thanks for having me would love to have you out again um i think the beverages might have to change here though I definitely we'll, i think we'll have to well i, I we're, we're gonna need clearance from the the queen of the hill the executive director uh, missy just to allow us to indulge 
Um, doesn't I mean we, we're doing it at your place next time. We are okay. The next well, no, we got to wait two weeks after your parade. We can <laughs> there you go. We can get into that. Anyways, uh, you have been listening to Blaze Soccer Talk, the official podcast of the Canlips Youth Soccer Association. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll do this during the day next time. We'll see you. You've been listening to Blaze Soccer Talk, the official podcast of the Kamloops Youth Soccer Association.